Welcome to Would You Rather, a podcast where Cosmos magazine journalists debate a topic and only one comes out the victor. I'm Jacinta Bowler. And I'm Evan Yazgan. Uh, today, Jacinta and I are going to be trying to decide whether it's better to look out into space or down at the smallest things in the universe. Jacinta, apparently you're into the idea of looking into the void. <laughs> uh, what's currently on offer in terms of the most powerful telescopes to help you do that? I mean, who wouldn't want to look into the void <laughs> a little too closely and then you fall in? No. So all large telescopes today work by using curved mirrors to focus light from the night sky. Mm-hmm. So the bigger the mirrors, the more light the telescope can gather and concentrate. So in this particular situation, bigger is better. Now, I want to get started by saying that, you know, a lot of non-scientists would say that the James Webb Space Telescope is the most powerful telescope. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me it's not? Well, I don't think it is because it's definitely the most powerful space telescope. Mm -hmm. You know, it's in the name, it's in space. That's exciting. And there are good reasons for it to be in space, but it's absolutely not the biggest optical telescope. And then there's radio telescopes as well, you know, Finding the most powerful telescope is actually harder than you might think. But Evram, you can't think that looking at tiny things is cooler than looking at the cosmos. So, you know, sell it to me. Let's do it. Well, first I'll go through what the most powerful microscopes are. Because strictly speaking, they are nanoscopes. And this is to do with scale. So microscopes, micro, it's in the name. Micro is like a millionth of a metre. Nano is a billionth of a metre. Yeah, true. Okay. The most powerful ones we've got are actually on that scale of nanometers or even smaller, uh, and they're electron microscopes. So the resolution, kind of like your your mirrors, how they, you know, get bigger and you get to see further out. With uh, microscopes, it's the opposite. Resolution or the size of the things that you can see is dependent on wavelength. Wavelength of visible light is in the hundreds of nanometers, so they're too long. So electrons are less than a nanometer, electron microscopes, better resolution, awesome stuff. (laughs) So you're saying that telescopes are basically just backwards microscopes. Basically. I mean, (laughs) I I feel like that's what makes this interesting. (laughs) But like, where would you even put the largest telescopes? Aren't they massive? Yeah, look, they're really, really big. but And they have to be for obvious reasons. But it comes with another issue too. So the mm-hmm. best telescopes, like we've said, um, are in space. And although I reckon that space telescopes are a little bit overhyped, um, mm-hmm. they are really good for certain situations. So space telescopes don't have to worry about the blurring effect of Earth's atmosphere mm-hmm. um, because they're obviously not in Earth's atmosphere. Plus there's also wavelengths like ultraviolet that don't reach Earth because they absorbed or reflected by the Earth's atmosphere. But you can't actually put super big telescopes in space because it's way more expensive. So the mm. biggest telescopes are firmly stuck on the ground. Yeah. But Evram, like, surely powerful microscopes are big too. Yeah, look, they are. But, you know, they still fit into a room uh, or oh, a lab okay. space. <laughs> like, they're probably, <laughs> I think the biggest ones are about four and a half metres high. Among the most powerful, there's one at Lawrence Berkeley National Lab in California. It can see things that are down to a trillionth of a meter wide. Wow. So, you know, it's got the resolution of up to half a, a hydrogen atom. You can actually see individual atoms at that scale. If you don't want to go to California, there is one right here in, uh, I say here, in Australia, in Sydney, which is around the same scale. But 
you know, what what are you actually trying to see with telescopes? Like, what, what, what are you what are you trying to do? Wait, I want to go back. I want to go back for a sec. What do you mean? It's, it's the same scale. So in Sydney, you could go and look at a microscope that's as like one of the best microscopes in the world. Yeah, yeah, it goes down to a trillionth of a meter. Yep. <sighs> and then what do you see with a trillionth of a meter? Is that atoms? It's atoms. I mean. I'll be honest, they kind of just look like blurry dots, but they are <laughs> atoms. And I would say I would say that the same is true of the most powerful telescopes. You're basically just looking at blurry dots. Sure, they're billions of light years away, but they're just blurry dots. Oh yeah. No, I feel like we've we've really misled the public a little bit with all these like beautiful illustrations of, you know, planets and things like mm. that that are, you know, different whole different solar systems. Like, no, we, we can't see them. What we see is like tiny amounts of light that are going down a little bit and then come yeah. back up again. And, oh, look, it's a planet. Like <laughs> Essentially, we're arguing between which blurry dot is more interesting to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. So if blurry dots is all we're really looking at, I mean, why is this so exciting? What are you trying to see with the world's most powerful telescope? Well, if I had access to the world's most powerful telescope, I would yeah. be looking for aliens because... Of course you would. I'm mm-hmm. sure some astronomers would be very upset at me saying that, but that's <laughs> what I would do, you know. Absolutely. I mean, admittedly, as a sci-fi nerd, the prospect of seeing aliens is pretty cool. Could you get a telescope big enough or powerful enough to actually see aliens, though, like physically? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So physically, like, hypothetically, yes. So a really, really big optical telescope, you would actually be able to see aliens directly. Wow. But this is like... <laughs> exceptionally large for our Mm. closest neighbors the alpha proxima centauri system you Mm. need a telescope the size of earth's entire orbit around the sun okay so just a bit bigger than what we've got yeah just (laughs) just a little bit bigger yeah i think that's probably a little bit too big as far Mm. as i'm concerned but you can do other things obviously Mm -hmm. so ska is going to be one of the most powerful radio telescopes when it comes online radio telescopes are pretty cool because they can explore the very early universe Mm -hmm. They can actually look at hydrogen and be able to see that in the very early universe and, and see how it changes. Cool. So SCAR Low, for example, is able to analyze the first billion years, mapping the structure of the early universe for the first time, you know, watching the births and deaths of the mm-hmm. first stars, you know, all very exciting stuff. And as a bonus, if any aliens are sending out radio signals, the SCAR <laughs> telescopes will be able to catch them. So that's that's awesome. pretty cool. Yeah. What about microscopes? Is tinier always better? Yeah, so I guess similar to what you're saying, like, it's not always about how far you can see into space. Mm. Like with microscopes, it's not always about seeing the tiniest things. There are some cool things which are slightly larger, which we can see. <laughs> like with quantum microscopes, this is a fairly Ooh. new technology. Um, so they obviously, quantum. I know, quantum <laughs> anything, it's all the rage. But um, <laughs> basically they use wacky quantum effects uh, to be able to see electric currents, uh, magnetic field fluctuations, even single molecules on surfaces. And recently Australian researchers have created a quantum microscope out of a single atom-thin material, and they were able to see magnetism at the nanoscale at room temperature. So this is the first time this has ever happened. Pretty wow. cool stuff. Wait, is the was the single layer atom thing, was it graphene? It wasn't graphene, but it, oh. it, it, it's... It's a type of graphene. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's not yeah, the stuff enough. that you have in your pencil. <laughs> <laughs> you could just make yourself the most amazing microscope just using your pencil. Exactly. And some, like, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and some stick it. <laughs> so I'm guessing it's kind of the same. Is bigger better in the telescope world or do you have kind of nuance there? 
Yeah. Well, actually, I wanted to point out some of the silly names of the biggest telescopes because they, they are really silly. So there's the Southern African Large Telescope. Cool. The 30-metre telescope. That's also big. Um, then there's the Giant Megalon Telescope and the Extremely Large Telescope. That I like one's... to think of astronomers just going through the thesaurus. Big. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But in 1998, there was a proposal for the big kahuna of ground-based telescopes. No way. Evram, can you guess what it was called? What was it called? <laughs> it was called the Overwhelmingly Large Telescope. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Um, (laughs) it's so dumb anyway it didn't get off the ground because it was too big and too expensive so we can use telescopes and i'm sure if you say to an astronomer hey i can give you a bigger telescope they'll be like yes of course but if you get to overwhelmingly large it's probably too big yeah well i guess that's that's the next question is is there a downside to having too much power i know there certainly is with microscopes for example with electron microscopes you need to have your sample in a vacuum, which means that you can't have live specimens. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. And that's because electrons, like, they scatter in the air molecules and things. So, yeah, you, if you wanted to look at a small creature, you would have to kill it, which oh. is a definite downside. <laughs> that's sad. Electron microscopes are also black and white only. Mm. Um, so there are certainly uh, disadvantages. What about with, with telescopes? Wait, are they black and white because the there's no light that small? Like, yeah. how does that work? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, like, if you ever see an electron microscope image that's in colour, know that it's been coloured later. It's not uh, actually showing up in colour. Well, that's exactly like, you know, space as well. Like, like the colours aren't actually colours. So a really interesting point that I wanted to say is that so the James Webb Space Telescope can see, so, you know, mm-hmm. see in inverted air quotes here, yep. in um, infrared and in orange and red because that's the that's the spectrum of wavelengths that it can see which oh. means that if there was a blue you know planet out there it wouldn't be yeah. able to see it it could oh, only no. see ones in red and <laughs> in the physical colors but then obviously once it comes to us yeah. back on the ground they then recolor it mm. so that we would be able to see all of the different colors because we that's can't see cool. infrared we can't yeah. see you know other spectrums and things like that Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, there are definitely downsides to having too much power. Mm -hmm. Um, With great power comes great responsibility, as (laughs) the great uh, comic book has said. So ASCAP, which is another Australian telescope which has been up and running for the last few years, has a lot of data. We're Mm. talking approximately 100 terabits per second. And then they have to transfer that at a speed of 2.4 gigabytes per second to the Pawsley supercomputer to process the images. So even if you've got the best telescopes in the world, or especially if you've got the best telescopes in the world, you've got to do something with all that information. Mm. Also, as an aside, I know I keep talking about the James Webb Space Telescope. Even though you don't think it's the most powerful. (laughs) Well, the reason I wanted to say this one is because it came to fruition 15 years after it was supposed to be up in orbit, you know? So, like, sure, James Webb, cool, everyone loves it at the moment, but, like, Mm. It's real late. It's yeah, it's a true. teenager late. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the best telescopes are just the ones that finish on time. Absolutely. I mean, Jacinta, I can see a lot of money, space and time is being put into awesome telescopes. I can't deny that the possibilities of what you can see are pretty cool. 
Do you yeah. want to give me your final sales wrap? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, microscopes are pretty cool too. I don't want to. I don't want to stop them. I. I think that both are very important in uh-huh. their partic- particular times, but I mean, you can only see small things with a microscope. Yeah. No matter yep. how big the microscope is <laughs> <True>. <laughs> and a telescope, I'm hoping that one day we will be able to see aliens through it. Well, not physically see, maybe hear some yeah. of the version of <laughs> experience aliens. And yeah, so telescopes could get us to see aliens. So I'm going for the telescope the size of a solar system to track them down. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Would You Rather. We hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know which of the two of us you would pick by voting for our website, cosmos.com. The Newsroom will be back next week with a different scientific bind to debate. This podcast is produced by the Royal Institution of Australia in Adelaide on Ghana land. The Royal Institution of Australia is a not-for-profit whose mission is to communicate science widely as the key to a better world. We do this through our daily news stories, which are turned into educational resources, teaching the scientists of tomorrow about the science of today in classrooms across Australia. Support us by subscribing to Cosmos magazine, Australia's last print science magazine.